0: What's up, podcast listener? If you're sitting at your desk or riding in your car, know that today you're joining a family of basketball professionals who are trying to change other people's lives through the game that changed theirs. This podcast is going to take you along the journey of basketball entrepreneurs and how they make a living from the game that they love. If I say anything, anything that gives you value in this episode, please go to iTunes and leave me a top five, top five, top five review. And now let's get to the show. What's up, everybody? I got a chance to talk to Coach Hernando Linnells. He is the associate head coach at Duke for the ladies. And we had a really good conversation. I got to meet him at Damon Altizer's Next Project. And he combines athletics and acting. And it's pretty cool. I'm super meta. I like to think deeply sometimes. And he was just talking about method acting and how to create your own identity and pretty interesting stuff to me at least but he has his own business always be contagious he does consulting for basketball trainers for coaches who want to improve in communication and in performance it's a pretty good conversation check out the show notes to see everything that we talk about but without me dragging on let me tell you about this group that we are in that's free our basketball trainer group that you should be in if you want to learn. If you don't have an ego like a lot of people in this industry do, frankly, then you should be in this group. I know I learned so much. I get so much value from this group, and I get a lot of messages from other player developers who appreciate the group, too. So we have Coach Planells in this group, and Damon Altizer, Paul East, Ben here. So many trainers who are top line that I just can't think of right now, and this group is free. So check the group link out in the show notes and sign up and I'll see you on the inside after I give you access. Enjoy this episode with Coach Hernando Panels. Hey everybody, thanks for joining. I have with me Coach Hernando Panels. Coach, how are you? I'm good, man. It's
1: another beautiful day. I've been the
0: Lord asked me to wake up today,
1: so I'm really happy about that, that's for sure.
0: Oh man, I can't blame you on that one. And and I don't think people know I didn't fill them in, but I met you at the next project with Damon Altizer, and I'm assuming you're good friends with Damon to make that trip up there to speak to everyone.
1: Yeah, I've known Damon for, wow, it's got to be six or seven years now. We used, actually eight or nine, we actually used to work at the same basketball facility down in Raleigh called Hoop City U, and we did the camps, and he was obviously much more talented and much better looking than I was, so he'd always get more clients. We met that way and just kind of kept in touch ever since.
0: So did you train or were you doing mainly just the tournament setup?
1: No, it was training. And then so they had classes at night, but then we could also get our own clients uh, to train them during the day. So it was like sort of like camps, classes and training. So that was like one of my many part time jobs I had uh, before
0: I started working at Duke. Wow. Nice, nice, nice. Speaking of of Duke, we'll go there too. You mentioned something about that at the camp. What is your current status with it? Are you still are you still coaching there or are you not?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm the associate like, head of women's basketball coach over at Duke. Really fancy title, uh, which is fine. But I, I do a lot of uh player development, a lot of recruiting. Um just work with the head coach in the program to win and hunt for a national championship. So we were good last year, went twenty eight and six, uh made the NCAA tournament. We should be good again this year. We we only lost two players from last year's team. So we're just uh Hopefully,
0: be very good again. The reason I ask that, not because of, I want to say not because of lack of ignorance, but you do so much. It's never clear if, man, is he doing this full time or is he still coaching? How does he find time to do all this?
1: Everyone asks me that actually. They're, they're like, how do you have time to do all this, this, this? I mean, basically, I work at Duke. I'm, like I said, I'm the social head coach. I work for a phenomenal head coach, Joanne P. McCauley. And I also have a company called Always Be Contagious which actually does a lot of uh, workshops on leadership communication culture, using the power of improv activities. I also have a podcast. I do all these different things, but I think the big thing about it is that everyone has time. We all have time. It's really just the choices we make during the day. And if we really like audit our day, if we take a look like, all right, what did I do from this time to this time? You'll see that there's so many different pockets that you can go ahead and just steal moment. For example, like, a lot of people always say like wow you're really active on instagram i mean i i make up my little quotes and picture and posts like in one day and now i'm good for the month and now it just gets scheduled out to come out every single day so now it looks like i'm all over the place on instagram it's like those little hacks to really get through it i also don't watch tv like i have a netflix account but i have no idea what's on netflix like i spend almost no time watching tv at all it may be in my ear just as it goes through but but really man, we only have one life you know we only have one crack at this thing that's called life so we we've, we've got to try and push 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 all the way through as much as we can
0: it's so ironic so you and i'm going to ask you about the the commercial so you don't watch tv i don't watch tv either but you're on tv <laughs> how does that yeah how does that work out
1: <laughs> well you know what i think it's um it's really being focused on what you do you know the roles that i've played on, on movies and tv and just different things I've done has nothing to do with me watching TV. I mean, I'll give you a great point. I'm down here in Florida for my friend's wedding. I brought shorts and T-shirts. I didn't check the weather, and it's raining outside. I and mean, there are thunderstorms aligning. <laughs> I got to go to TJ Maxx and go pick up something so I can be ready for this wedding. Or not, I'm going to be wet. It's, it's something that, that I think that I've done recently. It has been like my whole life, right? I, I'm 40 years old, and the time when I got my, my divorce, which was about four years ago, to now is sort of when I really said to myself, you know, enough is enough. I've got to really take control of my life. I've got to take a look at what's going on and what I'm wasting and what I'm not wasting. And then really put my, my eggs and everything that, that is good for me, that is positive, to make an impact and then see where that goes.
0: So and you definitely have made the impact. I mean, Coach Carter, uh, commercial, I'm just looking at now for the for NBA awards. My question, you mentioned this during the next project about the branding, uh, branding mind of some of the top coaches in the game, especially in college too. It's kind of contrary. I would think that the coaches who are at the top of their game are opposed to social media, but for you, you are in social media. You're in media in general a lot. Do you ever catch any conflict with the program for how much you do outside of the coaching. No, because I well let me backtrack. I may have from the back end,
1: but they, they, no one's ever talked to me about it. Because I think at the end of the day, and this is why I tell everybody from recruits to coaches to everybody, like you are a brand. You are an ad agency, right? And and recruiting and business development and talking to people is all about getting you, your brand, what you stand for out in the open. Plus it's the way people communicate nowadays, right? I mean, everyone is on their phone, everyone is on social media. You know, if you want to get your message across, this is the best way to do it, to really push it through. So, you know, I do a lot of recruiting for Duke and at the end of the day, all the messages we have, I have on mine are positive, are family oriented because that's what I am. That's what I really push forward to. So your message has to match your life, right? The advice you give other people has to be the same type of life that you live. Now that, now, that doesn't mean that I'm perfect, right? It doesn't mean you're perfect, it just means that we're striving to get there, and by putting it out of the universe, by putting it out there in words that people see, now it's almost basically the discipline, when I take a look at what I wrote or someone else wrote that I put on there, that I wanna try and live that life. I wanna be that person, And it's okay to push through and stumble and fall. But, you know, the quicker you can stumble and fall and fail, and the quicker you get up, the better
0: you're going to be as time goes on. I see that. And a weird transition here, and I want to get into the list of questions because it it just keeps coming up as we talk. You mentioned how commercial and and Drake and Will Ferrell, they had this connection that wasn't rehearsed, that wasn't planned. How do you? Can you explain that connection? And have you seen that from a coach-player, from a trainer-player? And how do you get that kind of connection? I think it's a lot of it's just putting your ego aside. I've seen it with different
1: actors. Working on Coach Carter, I've worked on Adam three of Adam Sandler's films, and I see the connection he has with a lot of other people, other actors as well too. And I also see with coaches and players, and with players and players. the The biggest thing that gets in the way is ego. Ego is the enemy, plain and simple. And a lot of great actors are able to put that ego to the side, be in that character, and really basically bring out the best of each other. You know, like you mentioned, I was able to do a great, I was a little bit part in the NBA award show with Drake and Will Ferrell. And I'd worked with Will Ferrell on a movie before called Semi-Pro. It's not like he remembered, but I've watched him now twice. And everything is business-like. You see, they come in, they do what they need to, and they leave. Right At the same time, they have fun, they have all uh, all those other things. But time is money. And I think what actors and top-level athletes understand, that time is such a premium. Time is so valuable that they got to make the best of it, so they go ahead and just do what they got to do and then move on.
0: So with that being said, the ego is in me. I like that, too. But all these public – there's a preconceived notion that I had that most of them kind of be jerks, kind of going to be buttholes at times. But – You know, if you have the media in your face everywhere you go, and I've seen NBA players, the media, how they try to get interviews and how aggravating it can be. What is your take on the public figures and and who is somebody that comes to mind that's most down to earth or that's still cordial, even though they have all this attention on them?
1: Well, I, I, I think the first thing would happen is that people are not taught how to manage fame. And it goes from even the high level athlete at the high school level. My son's a swimmer. He's one of the top swimmers in the country. I don't know how because I don't swim. Um, (laughs) And a lot of my time is spent with teaching him how to handle that sort of fame that comes with it. His very first swim meet as a freshman in high school, they were chanting legend. I'm like, no, 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 we can't chant that. No, we're not, not. No. Right. But that's society. And what society also does, it puts everybody in a microscope, so everybody has to has to be tremendous. So now when we see someone who's supposedly spoiled, who doesn't handle the media right, then they're blamed as being immature. Well, they've never been taught. They've never been taught how to handle it. I mean, if you look at Jordan and even LeBron James and Kobe Bryant, they are polished. They are polished at what they say and how they say it. One of the guys, and I mentioned earlier, I've worked on Adam Sandler's three films with Adam, and He's tremendous. He's tremendous with people. He gives his time, but he also understands boundaries. He also understands he can't do everything. And sometimes when we say no, it's taken as the wrong way when really if we say no, it's to go ahead and give ourselves some room so we can give to other people.
0: And yeah, what you mentioned there the taught. So your son hasn't been taught something. You're teaching him now. And others who don't handle fame right aren't haven't been taught before too. In the Pure Sweat podcast, you you and coach were about to go into a little debate with teaching toughness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But confidence, you help with people who don't have much confidence. You help build that up. How do you teach some of these things that seem like they are more innate learned? I think
1: the whole discussion starts from what really is innate and what really is learned. And I think that discussion starts all the way to whoever is the teacher or coach is going to teach and coach the way they were taught. And that in itself can be very positive, but also negative. So, you know, I think in that podcast with Alan, I talked about, you know, I think toughness is tough to teach. I think Alan asked me, he's like, do I think it can be taught? I think it it can be fabricated. That does, you know, toughness is something how you approach life. And I'm not saying that people don't have it. It's in them, it has to be brought up, but you have to teach them how to do it. You have to teach them when to bring it out, when not to bring it out. Some people just have this rage all the time, right? Their toughness rage all the time. And you got to teach them, you know, the differences with it. Now, when it comes to players and they talk about toughness drills and how to get them here and how to get them, I mean, those are things that in time can get there. But if you're gonna teach someone to be tough, you also have to teach them how to manage that toughness and when to where to use it so it doesn't spill over in different parts of your life that hurt them in the future.
0: So what is your favorite part? First off, please, you don't have to break down always. There's a word, the why. I don't know what why, but can you explain why Be Contagious was founded and what it really, the core of it is? Well, I mean, it was founded because I, I've been,
1: uh, I don't know if it's blessed or lucky or cursed. I've, Duke is my longest job, right? It's been, I've been there for five years, and before then, I've never had a coaching job longer than a year and a half. But I've coached at the high school, the junior college. I've coached overseas. I've coached the NBA Development League. I've coached men and women. So I've seen the way people react to coaching and teaching. I see how people are inspired. I don't. I don't like using the word motivated. I see what people are inspired to do, greater and better things. And then, and it's a study that's never been done, and I don't think it can ever be done. But how do you compare the coaches who are screamers to where their players are today to the coaches who are more philosophy-based and how they're coached to how their players ended up today? I thought that was, I think that's really, really interesting. Plus, on top of how we are raised and how this whole mo- talk about millennials and they're lazy and, and all this stuff that really is not true. So, I, I really wanted to go ahead and kind of find different ways and study and take all the different things that I've seen, put it all together, combine with film experience uh, using improv activities with the different actors and directors and producing, combine them together and see that if I can. Or I can try or show any coach, business owner, organization to mold you know, their student athletes or employees' social media life with them as a person. If you mold those two together, you're going to have pretty much the ultimate competitor, the ultimate performer. Uh, but too many times people are taught not to share both. That's why I think I'm big on social media. People would argue like, well, social media means they put a filter on people. That's not who they really are true but it's who they want to be right so you got to teach them how they want to be how to get there and then when you combine with the real person i mean you could have someone really damn good
0: so i think we you took the guys through an exercise at the next project and i just love the the parallels between the, the athlete and the actor and a lot of this improv a lot of its method acting and i i've experimented and i asked you that question not very well worded but when do you get too far in terms of naming and claiming blabbing and grabbing, and, and speaking things to existence versus, you know, because you have to believe this stuff. You speak it, yeah. you have to believe it wholeheartedly, correct? So how do you compare those, or how do you parallel those two worlds? What's an ex- exercise you would take someone through?
1: You know, it's it really is a mindset that some have and some don't have, right? Like, if you gotta wake up every morning and look yourself in the mirror and tell yourself, I'm gonna be happy today, we already have issues. We, we, we're going to have issues that, that improv activities is not going to help. We've got to tackle something else. You know, it's I always believe you got to speak it out into existence. Absolutely. But I also believe that you have to take the action behind it so that you can actually believe it. Too many people say this. They wake up in the morning. Oh, it's a blessed day. It's going to be great. The Lord is going to bless me. Well, he blessed you. You woke up. But now you got to put the work in. You gotta take the action so it can open up the doors that really that God has left open for you. Right? Like I can sit here and I say this, you know, I said there's a room, and the big guy, God, has got five doors right there for you. And you're standing right there, and you're saying, I'm blessed to have these doors right in front, to have these opportunities right in front of me. The problem is, is we never take a step toward that opportunity, toward that door, because our mind is now up- becomes. Protective, like, well, if I go through this door, this could happen. Or if I go through this door, this could happen. And we hijack ourselves. So it goes back to kind of ordering our day. What is important for us? What can we do? And just take a step forward through that door. And whatever happens through that door, good or bad, there are consequences. But you control how well they can be, how good they can be, how bad they can be. One of our biggest problems in society is that everybody wants a positive experience. What the hell does that mean? What if the most positive experiences are the most negative ones? And the most negative ones are the positive ones. Because there is no life without struggle. There is no happiness without struggle. You know, we're too busy trying to take the struggle away. I mean, the reality is I don't have a six-pack because I don't do the struggle every single day of carrying a gallon of water, eating only meat six times a day, and working out like three hours. I just don't, right? But if they really embrace the negative experiences and understand that it's only part of the positive experience, then all of a sudden, more people take action, more people really see the blessing in their life, and really actually get to the place or close to the place where they kind of envision where they want to be. Sorry, man.
0: I know I went out there for a second. That's amazing. I I like that too. At first I was like, oh, what is he going? Where's he going? But I I see that. And recently, so I had a a phone call before this podcast interview and I was telling the guy, uh, he basketball trainer, really successful guy. And he told me, look, you need to have contracts wherever you go in certain gyms. This is a OG in the basketball training space. So I should have listened. And I didn't listen and it ended up costing me a thousand dollars. Somebody was uh, taking money that I gave them and giving it back to me for the work I was doing. So I was working for my own money. Wasn't even mad. It's like when a player makes a shot and you slap him on the butt, good shot. Now it's my turn to get you back on the other end. But I say all that to mention the patience part, the patience of that and the struggle, the trial, it produces perfection. It takes away all the lack. So I can see where you're going with the negative things being positive because it builds up that, that patience, it builds up that completeness, right? And do you agree with that?
1: No, it does. And you need it in your life, right? Like everybody wants to do whatever they want. They want to have the freedom to say whatever they want. But you realize that when you are given the freedom to say what you want, you then feel entitled. So now when someone challenges your free thinking, you get mad. But that's what that is. Like you've got to understand that anything negative that happens to you Is your doing and your problem solving. Right? Like it it goes back to also like a question you want to ask yourself. Like one of the biggest questions I ask a lot of people is like, all right, I know you're gonna tell me what you want to do or what happiness comes from or or what you want to do with in your life, but what do you want to struggle with? People ask, like, wait, what do I want to struggle with? I don't want to struggle through anything, but wait a second. If I struggle, then it's the journey, it's the climb and then comes the happiness with it. We're searching for the meaning of life, which actually, if we search for the meaning of life, we're actually feeling that we're not good enough or we're trying to chase everything. We're trying to chase happiness. But then that means we're just not happy anyways when the reality is the chase is the best. Think of this from a relationship standpoint, right? Everybody always talks about the honeymoon stage of relationships. Really, we love the fact that we're chasing the person chasing 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 then you catch him or her and then you're in this honeymoon because you're still trying to learn each other chasing and then all of a sudden after you're two or three the relationship falls apart because there's no energy anymore there's no there's no there's no chase anymore so now it's it's just a moving to another part again i know i'm going all these directions but it's the chase it's the struggle that really defines us and helps us move forward so we have more
0: positive experiences so it's the whole fall in love with the process thing that nobody wants to hear or nobody really wants to take the heart. Right. But the thing is, you can
1: shortcut the process. See, that, that, see what the thing is, is when, when you look at people and you tell people you got to love the process, people automatically think and see how long the process is. But you actually shortcut the process when you fully accept the process. Right? The thing is, a lot of people don't fully accept the process. They're like, oh, yeah, well, I know the process. I've got to do this, 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 yet they're complaining in the middle of it. They're whining about it. They're cheating it at the same time too. But you shortcut it when you fully jump in. Like Most people don't jump in. Again, I could talk about the love analogy, right? And when you're in your relationship, you have people who always are arm's, arms distance from their partner, so it takes longer for the process of love affection everything else to come together but when you jump in with no fears all of a sudden you're in love quicker you have connection quicker it's the same thing with process it's exactly the same thing you understand it you fall in love with it and all of a sudden you embrace it you start shortcutting the process then you get to where you want to go sooner because in your mind, you feel like you're doing something to get there.
0: Wow. So the last question I want to ask, is that the number one thing stopping basketball trainers, players, coaches, businessmen, is that the number one thing stopping them from success? Yeah.
1: I mean, because that's also part of, like, the fear stuff. I think there's the fear involved, but I think ultimately it's just the action um, to actually take the steps And because it's the fear of taking the wrong step. When if I take the wrong step, it could be the right step later on down the line. And that's where you can't worry about what other people think. You got to worry about you and what you are doing and how you're going to do it and then push it forward. I mean, there's being coaching. I know a lot of trainers and I know a lot of trainers who only do it part time because they don't want to let go of their full time job. Well, the reality is if you're holding on to that full-time job, it's also holding you back from pushing on your part-time gig as a basketball trainer because, yes, you have less time. I understand everybody has bills, but to a little putting pressure on yourself is like, shoot, man, I better step up my marketing. I better take a take a look at what I need to do. How can I get this many kids? Like everyone wants to grow a business, but how many people are willing to make a little flyer and put it on people's windows? No one. People's willing to go ahead and do the research on Facebook advertisement, which is really cheap, Snapchat advertisement, which is also really cheap, and start playing around and learning how to do that. Fear holds us back with that. We don't understand how we're going to be able to get somewhere because of the fears holding us back.
0: Coach, do you accept basketball player developers? coaches who are looking for more advice, more wisdom on how to just let go, how to release any kind of hindrances, any strongholds, where can they learn more about you, what you teach, and the results you've gotten for others?
1: Sure. Well, I mean, the website is alwaysbecontagious.com. It's a long word, alwaysbecontagious.com. And you can message me there. We do have a section. And every year I take on up to 10 coaches, trainers, and put them through a kind of like a mentoring program with it. And they get a weekly session. They get worksheets to work on specifically made to the direction they want to go to and really take a look at the overall vision and the steps that they're taking. I had a coach, she called me and she wanted to be enroll and she wanted to enroll in the program. And this goes throughout the basketball season. So when it really starts in September and it goes all the way to basketball season, because reality, I've had a couple trainers, and during that time, that's almost their off time because everyone else is in the season and they're preparing for it. One coach told me, said, so, Well, coach, is this, is this kind of like a vision board, right? Where, like, put a vision board, you put all these magazine pictures on it, and with everything else. I'm like, Well, I guess you can say it that way. The problem with the vision board is that you do the vision board, and then it stays on your wall without any movement happening because you're not taking the steps to do it. So if you put that you want to build your own facility, then there are different ways to get there. And yes, you're envisioning it, and that's great, but are you taking the steps to get there? It's not A plot of land is not gonna fall in your lap um, all the way. You have to take the steps uh, to get there. And the other side of it as well, too, that I think people are not thinking about as well, too, is that if I do this program, if I do something I envision, I put myself out there, what if I don't get it? Well, what you believe is best for you God and the universe may not think it's the best for you, right? So I think, I don't know if I said this during the next project, but, you know, high school, I was high school and junior college coach. I wanted to coach in Europe. I wanted to coach overseas. I didn't coach overseas in Europe. I coach in Asia. I wanted to go ahead and coach in the NBA. Well, I didn't coach the NBA. I coached in the NBA D League. My very first part of my film career, I wanted to be in front of the camera. Well, I was in front of the camera in the very first part of my film. I was behind it. And then I wanted to coach high-level college men's basketball. Well, I'm not doing that either. I'm coaching high-level college women's basketball. And it's because God and the universe thought that's where I should be. So as much as I was focused on where I wanted to go, I was also open to other opportunities that I could step through that door, which could lead me into something else along the same lines of what I love and my passion, and then move it forward from there.
0: Man, okay. So becontagious.com. You accept in oh. You have some basketball. Go ahead. Yeah. Always be contagious.com. Always be contagious. Always be contagious.com. Okay. Coach, I mean, we've covered a lot. Is there anything else you want to leave the trainers with or anyone listening with?
1: You know, I think I get a lot of questions like what books that I read. I really don't read a lot of books. I really soak in a lot of podcasts. You know, definitely if you go on the website, there's the Be Contagious Leadership Experience podcast where we put different podcasts out. I have a list of different podcasts I think people should listen to. I haven't read a book in about a year and a half, but a book that it really has helped me in my personal life, but also changing how I approach things is this great book. It's the subtle art of not giving a F great book. And it really is something that has grabbed a hold of me and kind of like woken me up, you know, a lot of different things waken me up and I keep everything in a notebook and what I don't need, I throw away. You know, for any basketball trainer or basketball coach um, or coach in general, really take a look at your life. Take a scary look at your life. You know, take a look at yourself and say, man, I am not very good at this. In fact, I suck at this. In fact, I shouldn't even be doing this, right? That doesn't mean you don't do it. It just means like, wow, what can I do to improve? You know, I know a lot of people who are too busy watching TV. They're too busy chasing skirts. They're too busy trying to chase all the wrong things instead of saying, no, this is what, if this is what I truly want, then what can I do to move it forward? Um, and reach out to people, you know, try and find people that can help you or can give you value in your life. If you're surrounded with people that aren't giving value to your life, that's your fault and you've got to adjust it so you have people who only give value. Now, some will say, well, that's wrong. That means you're using people. No, no, it's, it's not using people. It's. The fact that you owe it to yourself because you have one crack at this thing called life, right? God puts you to do some amazing things. Now, amazing things could be as simple as starting a business to to clean pools, right? That in itself is amazing. But if you start believing that you're putting to do amazing and then you start taking the steps to do it, you shortcut the process, you become a huge light for other people, and then all of a sudden you feel good. And your life is a little better
0: and that's what it's all about coach well again i appreciate your time and for the wisdom that you shared with the audience and i know i'm going to get some messages about this and some questions and hopefully we can have you back yeah
1: and anytime people can reach me anytime on the website or they could really just google me hernando comma basketball there's no hernandos in basketball you fine it's like there's too many way too many searchable things on google and really if i can help anybody I say this every single time. I've had a pretty crazy and amazing life, but I don't deserve any of it. But I was put there for a reason. And if I'm put here for a reason, then I'm going to push and help as many people as I can so that together we can really be good for everybody. That's what I really
0: believe. And I want to try and try and make it happen. Let's make it happen. then, coach, I will stay in contact with you and we will have you on the podcast again. Thank you. Sounds good, man. I appreciate it. Love being on. Thanks for tuning in to Basketball to Business Podcast. If you like what you heard, go ahead and follow me on Instagram and Snapchat at mysonjones. And if you are not like me and don't need to burn all bridges, quit your day job and only bank on a plan A. And you want to make some money on the side by doing basketball training. Check out www.hoopsinstitute.com and sign up for a free 30-day trial. Until next time, and remember, you are not alone in your journey to reach your dreams.